everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today, or I should say this month on Comics and Cinema for our comics discussion, we are going to be going over all the new comics that I got this month and which ones were great, which ones you should maybe look into picking up, or maybe which ones you could wait for Marvel Unlimited on. And then from there, we are going to jump right into our uh, comic book of the month, which this month was Captain Phasma, issues one through four along with Darth Vader issue 25 that's the Darth Vader by Charles Sewell and then I figured we'd toss in the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance uh, Captain Phasma one shot as well which came out I think uh, last week or two weeks ago uh, but anyway it was it was soon so uh, we'll dive right into this and it's actually perfect because all of uh, all of my comics that were in the store actually went and picked up this week on Wednesday and then all of the Midtown comics shipped in yesterday. Uh, so uh, we're in great shape. We got them all at once. So this whole turning this into a monthly comics discussion, and as you've noticed, I'm combining it with the comic book of the month discussion as well, just because I think it'll be better if we just get it all in one uh, versus having to do two um, but I, I think it's going to work out really well, especially with this one, because uh, these Captain Phasma, I, I read them all last night again as well, and uh, really enjoyed them. They're awesome. So uh, we'll dive right in. So this is actually the uh, the end of the uh, the Dawn of X, <laughs> not the, the, the full end, but the end of phase one, I guess you could say, of the Dawn of X. Uh, in terms of all of the issue sixes came out this week, last week, this month, uh, X-Men is on delay, so if, if some of you were wondering or reading the Jonathan Hickman X-Men series, uh, that book is on delay. The issue five came out last week. That was supposed to come out at the beginning of this month. Issue six is not coming out until February 12th. So we've still got two more agonizing weeks to wait for that final issue of the first part. And based on the ending of X-Men 5, uh, it, it's going to be a tough wait because that book is getting increasingly good. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, I'll just talk briefly on all of these. So Excalibur 6, uh, pretty good ending, I would say. Uh, they defeated Morgan Le Fay through combat between... Um, Captain. Oh, and I'll say this much too. Before we <laughs> jump into it, I apologize. But uh, as you all know, uh, I am going to go into some mild spoilers on here. And as you all know, if it's a really cool spoiler, I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, for the most part, we will be discussing uh, the spoilers on all of these comics. So if these are ones you haven't read or are waiting to read, uh, you could pause this and come back later, or you could skip ahead to the Captain Phasma section, which will be towards the end of this. But with Excalibur issue number six, uh, essentially, they they win just like we predicted they would but the interesting piece of this at the end is and, and actually the coolest piece in this issue is the resurrection of apocalypse so um, there's a cool bit with him getting resurrected and by xavier some good conversation there but then uh, we find out at the end of this brian braddock and betsy braddock uh, they fight to the death and then uh, betsy wins and so uh, jamie braddock becomes the king of Otherworld, and uh, he brings Brian back to life, of course, but that's kind of where the end of this leads, and the very last page of this is Apocalypse kind of dissecting Morgan Le Fay, because they, they own her now, I guess you could say, they, she's uh, in exile, and they said, well, we are, you know, we didn't specify where you would be in exile, and so I guess that is on an operating table in Apocalypse's uh, laboratory, but Overall, I really enjoyed these six issues. I thought Excalibur was a good uh, good comic series. Certainly wasn't one of my favorites of the X-Men, but I, st I enjoyed it nonetheless. I'm a big magic guy, so that was cool. Um, but I, I, So I've got through issue 10, or I'm sorry, through issue 9, lined up with Midtown Comics. So I, ha I will be getting 7, 8, and 9, but then I'm going to stop at 9, and that's just based off of whatever I'd run through 6. I'm fine waiting for Marvel Unlimited in this. Uh, you know, you can kind of gauge, once you've read 6 issues of a comic, uh, typically how it's going to impact the greater comic fabric of the Marvel Universe. And this one's got some good stuff. I could easily see some things carrying over, but not to the point where this is required reading by any means. So I'm going to wait till that comes to Marvel Unlimited after issue number 9. Uh, Fallen Angels, issue number six of six, it appears. This is a conclusion. There's a the end at the end, and the title of this issue is Conclusion. So um, this is over and done, six issues. I 
came into this comic incredibly impressed. The art was phenomenal. The writing was phenomenal. And I stand by that. I think both of those things are true. The story just didn't grab me. That's that's the only problem that I had with this. It wasn't a bad story by any means. It just wasn't a story for me. And uh, the way that this story ends is exactly as you thought it would. Uh, they, they beat the bad guy and things go sort of back to normal. And so the only real interesting thing at the end of this is she, uh, Psylocke, um, kind of downloaded, I guess, the thoughts and whatevers of uh, Apoth, the bad guy, and gave that to Sinister. And so I'm sure that's going to come up in the new Hellions series that's coming in a couple months, but I won't know because I'm not going to get Hellions. I'll be waiting for Marvel Unlimited for that. As you all know and I've said, I'm slowly transitioning a lot of my comics to Marvel Unlimited. Obviously, there's a cost savings there as well, but um, like I said, there's just so many, and, and Marvel is a machine, and, and it's one of my favorite machines, but it's a machine nonetheless. So they are consistently putting out more and more new number one issues of X-Men comics, and I just can't keep up. And um, I don't really want to uh, from that perspective of having to you know read that many at a time and buy them all. So eventually I will transition them all into Marvel Unlimited. I will say whenever that Moira comic is announced and comes out, which uh, the April uh, comics came out, the solicitations, and it's not there yet, but uh, when it does come out, I will be getting that one for sure. But there are two, I think it's two, yeah, there's two new um, X-Men comics that are coming in April. There's an X-Factor, which follows the, it, it says it follows the Resurrection Protocols, the five, but uh, there it's not about the five. There's a couple of them in there. It's about like Dakin, the, the group has like Dakin, Polaris. It's a cool group, but I'm going to wait on that one as well. And then the other one is Children of the Atom, which is essentially like, uh, new X-Men characters who are younger and are sidekicks, I guess, to the regular X-Men. Also seems like a cool concept, but again, I'm I'm going to wait for Marvel Unlimited on that, and eventually all of these will sync up on Marvel Unlimited, which will be great, because, guys, I can't tell you how fun it is, and I, I know, I you know, we've talked about this for months now in terms of me reviewing these Marvel Unlimited I issues and whatnot, but I can't tell you how fun and relaxing it is on Monday when all of the new Marvel Unlimited comics come out and uh, I just get home from work, and I sit down on the couch, and it's like reading the newspaper, and you're just sitting there reading comics on, on my iPad, and it is just so fun to do, and, and what's funny is, uh, for and the reason why, again, I, I explained this, but I'll explain it again, the reason why I haven't been doing the the Marvel Unlimited uh, specific podcast, and uh, the reason I've, I'm discontinuing it at this time, is because almost all of the comics on there are ones that I've now reviewed on here as live comics when they came out, which is good news for you guys because those are now on Marvel Unlimited, but uh, for this week on Marvel Unlimited, there was like 15 comics that came out, and I had only got to read three because all of the other ones I had read, so um, it's getting to that point now where there's very little, and so eventually once I, you know, like I said, once I kind of uh, stop getting the live issues, uh, I'll finally have more to read on Marvel Unlimited, but um, that's it for Fallen Angels. Uh, I am honestly glad that one's over. Again, it was good. It just it it didn't get me the way that I wanted it to. Uh, Marauders issue number six. I was a little on the fence with the last two or three issues of Marauders, and I can tell that this series is pretty heavy. It uh, is there's a lot in it in terms of like you can tell Jerry Duggan is really pushing some grander story because there's just so many moving parts in this. There's the whole council of bad guys where that uh there's i don't remember what her name is it was like chow or something it was uh, the asian lady from uh, a couple of issues back she tried to like kill her husband she's a part of this like covert cabal now and then there's uh sebastian shaw trying to get uh kitty pride kate pride and uh, emma frost dead so that he can put new people on the quiet council and then there's obviously the marauders themselves trying to save mutants and get them to krakoa there's just a lot going on in this book so it's gonna take a lot of issues to dive in but the last few i was like okay come on like i want to see more pirate ships and fights and uh, we got that in this last issue. And what's even better is we got a great cliffhanger. One of the, uh, honestly, the best cliffhanger, I think, of, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll get to what I think maybe is the best one. But one of the best is in this one, which I won't spoil, but we'll, I'll just say that uh, I'm very excited for issue number seven because I need to know what happens to Kate. Uh, and that's all I'll say. But I'm going to be continuing on with Marauders, at least to my cutoff typically, again, if you're reading these and saying, you know, oh, when can I jump in? When can I jump off? Most 
comic books tell their stories in six issues. So uh, each six issues gets put into a trade paperback. So if you read, you know, six issue, issues one through six, issues seven through 12, uh, that sort of thing, you'll be fine. Uh, so I'm going to go through 12 on this one, and then I'll, I'll wait on Marvel Unlimited, unless, of course, issue 12 blows me away. But I pre-order my stuff two months in advance, so I think I will be cutting it off at 12 on all these. Uh, but then we've got New Mutants, issue number six. And this was the finale to Ed Brisson's portion of the story of New Mutants, of them in, I think it was Nebraska, helping out Beak and his family. And it was a cool ending. And the same with this one. I won't spoil it because it was one of those, wow, uh, that's a more like a moral conundrum at the end of this one. And uh, actually, it's I mean, it's not that big of a spoiler anyway. But so again, same in this one. They beat the bad guys. But there's a lingering question of are those bad guys going to come back because it's a cartel? And this was like a, a, a lackey in the cartel. So I'm sure a bigger cartel will be coming in the future. But um, the cartel actually killed Beak's father in front of him and shot Beak. And uh, they're all like losing their minds. Like, how are we going to move on from this? Like our kids... Uh, you know, they, they all saw it, whatnot. And so what happens at the very end is they all go to Krakoa, they save them and take them to Krakoa. And then those two French mutants, the little kids that are, have gray faces, it's like Marion and, and Mammon. I don't know what their names are, but, um, they have mental manipulation powers. And so they actually manipulated their minds, the, that family's minds to think that both his mother and father passed away years ago and that they've already grieved over it. So uh, they kind of get yelled at by Armor, who's like, you can't do that. Like, they're going to find out that you did this. Like, you didn't give them proper time to grieve. But on the other end, it's like, technically she did because they got the proper time to grieve in their heads. Their memories show that they grieved for their family when they died a couple years ago, when they actually, you know, died in front of their face hours ago. So really interesting conundrum. And uh, reading the solicitations and everything that's going on with New Mutants, I just, I'm really enjoying this series as well so i'll be sticking with it to the 12 uh and same with x-force i'll say same with the only one i'm really stopping is excalibur and uh, obviously fallen angels because it's done but x-force issue number six is great that series consistently continues to blow my mind it is it is just the same thing i just i guess i love that moral gray that the x-men sometimes operate in especially x-force and honestly that's all i'm gonna say on that one because i really think that one's worth a pickup um and all i'll say is there is an infographic in here towards the end and that's why i think this cliffhanger is so interesting that uh xavier's assassination from uh issue number one may not be all that it seems and i'm in that same moral gray area kind of digging what is sort of slowly being revealed here and i just the the motives for the x-men continue to amaze me and that this is just some reading that i have never seen before in x-men lore and i'm just i'm here for the ride good or bad i am i'm ready to go down with the ship in terms of whether this blows up in people's face there are so many moral dilemmas in this issue that make for such good storytelling benjamin percy is absolutely killing it and joshua kassara is also killing it on art so if you're not reading x-force that's one of the ones you should definitely try and pick up same with x-men issue number five uh and I, I won't say much on this one too but except for the fact that rb silva is back and doing the art uh which was phenomenal but this is a this book definitely is not it's been kind of a one-off each issue but this one definitely looks like next issue will be picking back up on it i think rb is still doing the art on it but it is about uh there's this weird and this is where we're getting into hickman stuff but like this thing person called seraphina um, she's like a, a higher evolution human type cyborg or something. Um, she goes into this vault that I guess only they can go in, but the X-Men need to go in there to figure out what's going on. And so they send, uh, Darwin, Sink, and X-23, who there's a great line in here about her being Wolverine, but they send them specifically because Darwin can uh, adapt to any environment. Apparently when you go in the vault, if you're not one of those things, you just get destroyed. And so because Darwin has that, he can survive. Sink's power is he can copy any other mutant's power, so he's fine. And then X-23, obviously, she can continue to heal. So they go in and they are advised by Xavier and Cyclops that time works a little differently in there. And so I'm looking at the panel right now, and so it says much later, and it's just Cyclops and, and Xavier, and Cyclops says how long? And Xavier says three months, five days, and some change. And then he says, so how long? 
He says, best guess, 537 years. And then Cyclops says, and some change. And, and Professor Xavier says, yes. Cyclops says, my God, what have I done? What the hell was I thinking? And then that's the end. And I'm like, what? So does that mean that they're in this vault or have been in this vault now for thousands of years? Like, holy cow. How are 537 years, not thousands, but still. Oh, so that was just, I mean, even with X-Men issue number four, this book is just amazing. So I would say my favorites of all of these at this point in terms of consistency of all the dawn of x are x-force and x-men those have been my favorite and so that makes me really excited for wolverine since benjamin percy's doing that and also those giant size x-men issues that hickman's doing uh but then i also got like the ones i got in midtown i got captain marvel issue number 14 uh so carol is now she basically fights t'challa in this issue and uh, we're getting closer to kind of seeing what the end of this is. It's a, still a cool concept of her having to fight and knock out all the Avengers. It's great to see Captain Marvel prove that she basically can destroy any Avenger. But the end of this is the cliffhanger that is spoiled by the cover of this comic is that She-Hulk shows up. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So we'll see how she kind of does things in the next issue. But it was good. It's, uh, I, you know, anything Captain Marvel I'm, I'm down with. Uh, but I am going to, once this arc is over, which ends in two issues, then I will be stopping Captain Marvel as well. Uh, next up is Star, issue number one of five. It's a mini series. That's about Ripley Ryan. She's from this Captain Marvel series. And what happens is she le it leaves off with her. She had the reality stone in her um, after, after she was taken to prison or something like that. But she was the one who had superpowers. Captain Marvel stopped her. And... Uh, very interesting concept. She has no idea what she's doing with this uh, stone. Uh, Loki comes and tries to stop her because he kind of was trying to stop the guy who has the time stone. Doesn't work out well for him. And then the very end of this issue has a great cliffhanger with Scarlet Witch. That I I always love Scarlet Witch, so we can get some more Scarlet Witch coming up in this series. I am totally down for that. But it was good. Uh, you know, honestly, not really required reading, and neither is Captain Marvel. Uh, you know, honestly, no comic is required reading. But uh, in terms of you know, if you could wait to read this, yeah, you'd probably be fine. But otherwise, if you're if you love Captain Marvel and if you've loved what Kelly Thompson's been doing with Captain Marvel, I'd really recommend star i thought it was awesome uh and then i got two i thought talk i thought it was two donny cates issues but just one donny cates for thor issue number one holy crap he wasn't lying i you know like i said and i i uh, i'll admit it i stopped following him on twitter and I, like i said last time a couple people just because i can't stand the hype train i really can't and and sometimes this, the people i still follow will like certain creators and they're still doing it of like this is the craziest thing that's ever happened it's uh uh, you know, we're really pushing the limits. It's like, didn't you say that on the last issue? But uh, this Thor is phenomenal. So this is King Thor now, and uh, Galactus falls to the continent to onto Asgard and says that there's this black winter coming, and it's apparently the same thing that killed the universe uh, when Galanta became uh, Galactus in the first universe, and so this is just. I mean, it's balls to the wall nuts, and at the same time, completely metal in the best Donny Cates way. And I won't spoil the... Actually, I will spoil the ending because it's it's technically not a spoiler because it's revealed on the cover of this. But when you open the book, Thor looks a little different than he does on the cover of this, and that's because he's old King Thor at this point. Not old, but like grizzled. He just got done with the War of the Realms, and he's got a giant beard and all this. But Galactus uh, needs help um, defeating all of this, I think. And at the same time, I think he wants to kind of keep Thor, but close to his side because Thor may be one of the only people to be able to defeat Galactus is I think how they put it. But, uh, so how, what's the best way of doing that? Do you think? Well, it would be making Thor a herald of Galactus. And so that's what happens. And it is insane. Um, so obviously the last page is getting to see that beautiful new costume and look that he has. Uh, I bought three covers of this book. So I got I got the, the main cover, the Jen Bartel cover, and the Art Germ cover. And they are just all completely gorgeous. And on that note, I got the J. Scott Campbell variant of Star because that one looked great as well. Uh, the final uh, book that I got in the mail was uh, Web of Venom, The Good Son. Like I said, I thought this was by Donny Cates, uh, but he doesn't do all of these web of venoms it's by um who is it uh, zach thompson which is great and uh, this is a story about normie 
and uh, Dylan Brock, Normie Osborne and Dylan Brock, the son of Eddie Brock and the grandson of Norman Osborne, or I guess you could say the son of Harry Osborne. And it's kind of them dealing with their legacies of what they're slowly becoming and the fact of like the Red Goblin and Venom. Uh, but at the same time, there is a huge reveal dropped in this. And that's what I love about these Web of Venoms is I always give crap about one-shots, but um, the Web of Venom ones always seem to have a tidbit of something. And that tidbit in this, if it's going to get you to pick up this issue, is that Carnage is not dead. Uh, Dylan kept a piece of the Carnage symbiote that was on Norman Osborn, and he can control it with his mind, and it's making him go crazy. And, and like turn evil so this issue read a lot like a horror movie like a possession type movie and that is awesome so i'm just venom has been consistently amazing and i get having to constantly put stories out and big events out but donny cates and company zach zach thompson included are just doing such a good job of continuing the story forward while making the sacrifices that are made during these series memorable. So it's like, yeah, we just got through this entire absolute carnage, all the tie-ins, yada, yada, yada. And what? Carnage is still alive? But this makes so much sense. And I think it's like you can't have Venom without a carnage. Like, it's great that they killed him in absolute carnage. That's awesome. Like, I'm glad there was a definitive end there. But to know that there's a little tiny piece of him still out there is really exciting. Not only that, we got some good sleeper time, which is the... Uh, the uh, symbiote that's kind of hanging out with Dylan, the one that's kind of green. And there's a cool little symbiote backstory there as well. Um, so yeah, so that's that's all the comics that came out um, this month that I read. Um, not counting a couple of others, but those were those were the best ones in my eyes. So now we are going to move into Captain Phasma. Um, so again, for those of you who are just listening for this portion or wanting to see this again, this is all on Marvel Unlimited. It is the journey to Star Wars, The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma issues one through four, along with Star Wars or Darth Vader 2017 issue number 25, and then Star Wars Age of the Resistance, Captain Phasma, which just came out a couple weeks ago. It actually came out, well, it came out in July of last year, but, you know, again, six months. So um, we'll start with Phasma. So again, the reason I wanted to do these this month is because uh, we had a ton of Star Wars um, last month for uh, Rise of Skywalker, The Mandalorian. There's just so much going on. And uh, what's crazy, too, and I guess it's technically not really even a shout out, but um, for those of you who are on the Discord, the Marvel Studios News Discord, or follow anybody Marvel Studios News related, the Comics Binge, Paul Herman, or Sean Gerber, any of those guys, Chris Clow, um, John Beerley passed away, uh, was that last week or two weeks ago? Unknown circumstances, I'm still unclear as to how it happened, but uh, way too young in my opinion, and sadly, literally days later, that's when Kobe Bryant passed away as well as his family and everyone else in that helicopter, so needless to say, it was not a good week, and uh, certainly not a good week for our community, and not really, I mean, it's honestly been a pretty bad, pretty bad year decade overall not decade i guess but last few years have been pretty tough for everybody on the globe and this is just adding to the the fire but um john Beerley, i uh i did not know him at all and um i never i never spoke with him but i actually was able to listen to him on the marvel studios news avengers endgame podcast that four hour review of avengers endgame along with all of the fandalorian episodes about the Mandalorian, and there maybe were a couple of others. I, I listened to the the Sean and John's um, review of Rise of Skywalker as well. Uh, didn't agree with them at all. I agreed a, a little bit, I guess, with some of the things that John said, but Sean was very negative about that uh, movie, and I felt so bad. I was like, ah, oh, like I wish you would have, wish you could have liked it, but totally get why you didn't, and that's totally fine. But um, in doing so, that's the that's the extent of uh, you know my interactions with John Beerley, but. From everything that everyone has told me and all the stories that everyone has shared with me, I can just see that he was a shining light for everyone around him, for his friends, for like Paul and for all of them. And it's just been a really dark last few weeks. There's been no podcasts. There's been uh, no, not, you know, typically I can go on Twitter and find Paul Herman uh, at, I believe it's at pthug. Um, talking about star wars or marvel or something and having some very lively conversations with people but 
it just these last few weeks has been so dark and so I've been I've been thinking about them and sending my thoughts and prayers out to them and um, just really kind of struggling I guess a little bit with with his passing just because it was so sudden and um, so I think there's a little a little bit of specialness to this episode in that sense as well uh, in terms of us talking about Star Wars uh, because John obviously loved Star Wars and clearly loved it in all his episodes so I think I, I would like to dedicate this episode of Comics and Cinema to John Beerley and obviously to anyone who was affected by his passing as well but especially John Beerley because again from the the limited interactions that I had with him he was a pillar in this community and a hell of a person in all aspects and so whatever caused his untimely passing I obviously like I said I can't really comment on it because I don't know but whatever it was it sucks, it's terrible, and I'm so sorry for anyone who is still struggling and going through that sort of thing. Just know that um, I and many other people in our community are here for you, and if you need anything at all, please reach out. Um, I, you can get me at, at uh, my Twitter handles at a robot's wink, or again, if you're on the Discord, just message me. Either way is fine. But uh, with that said, and for John, we will dive into the Star Wars issues so, um, Captain Phasma, it's a four-issue series. Super simple, super easy, right? Um, would that make it really matter at all? Uh, yeah, hell yeah, it makes it matter. So, um, this story takes place directly after Force Awakens and sets up where Phasma is in Last Jedi. So, when this came out, this was before Last Jedi came out. So, for those who are reading it, I didn't. I waited for Marvel Unlimited. But for those who are reading it, it was like, oh, wow, she is a huge badass. I cannot wait to see what she does in Last Jedi. And absolutely nothing happened for her in Last Jedi, which was a crime, an absolute crime. And uh, so, for those of you who loved Captain Phasma or just couldn't stop staring at her amazing silver suit and like how badass that chrome looked um this is the comic for you because she did not get her due in the movies so uh, i'm gonna kind of go over the story and share a couple of thoughts along with it because there's not a lot of substance to it on the surface there's a lot of subtext in this story but there's not a lot of story so the story itself is Captain Phasma is stuck in the garbage chute after she gets has to de uh, she has to disengage the shields of Starkiller Base. If you remember that, she's held at gunpoint and forced by the Resistance to do this. So she escapes from the garbage chute and immediately goes up to the record logs and deletes the records of her doing the shield, uh, so that no one knows it was her that dropped the shield. But the shield was dropped. And so this is your first indication of how smart as a whip and cunning Captain Phasma is because the um, she says, she, and she says it in here, she's kind of, the whole story is narrated by her in journal entries or I guess her records. So she records everything that she says in a sense when she's doing her reports so that she can submit them. So she's recording this whole thing and she's saying like somebody, you know, the, the shields were dropped and she's thinking to herself, though, so she's not saying this, but she's thinking it, someone dropped the shields. Who was it? And it's like, oh, wow, like, you snake. And so she, fi she finds a patsy, and it's this guy named Revis, and she's like, I've, I've found uh, credible evidence or something that, like, I saw Revis doing this. I am now going to hunt him down and, and uh, bring him in. And it's like, oh, wow, that's just holy cow. So she, uh, so the whole, that, that's it. That's the whole story is her tracking him to bring him in. But we all know she's going to kill him. So um, she tries to kill him on Starkiller base and he escapes, flies away in a ship. And then, so at this point, it's like, okay, he knows. Cause he, and I think that's why she chose him is he knows what she did. So she commandeers a TIE fighter with a, uh, a person she names Pilot, who's just another stormtrooper, and uh, they fly to this planet that is like this really hostile planet. There's a there's a kind of a, a creature species that lives there, uh, like people type, and then there's also these monsters that live there, and so they, they're in this really weird war there where like everyone's kind of scared of these giant monsters, and so Phasma's like, I just need to find this person. And so you kind of get bits of Phasma's backstory that she's just all about survival. And that is a really cool concept. She is a survivalist. She will do whatever it takes to survive. And 
you see that in the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance Captain Phasma one-shot as well. And that one is a very, just like the other one-shots in terms of hit or miss, I would say it's right in the middle. It is a very short, quick, and um, ancillary story, I guess you could say, but it still establishes that fact that she will do whatever it takes to survive in that story. Uh, the Captain Phasma one, briefly, she is commanding a unit and they're uh, going to attack and she essentially sends the whole unit to their death while she runs away because she knows that um, there's no winning the fight, but they have to fight to kind of do like a distraction. And she's with a, a, a commander underneath her who she promotes to kind of try and teach her this. But this person's like, well, that's not right. And so she kill, she kills her too. And she's like, I can't like, I, I have to think about me basically. And so that's how she is in this in this uh, journey to Star Wars thing as well. So uh, her and this TIE fighter um, f- pilot get to this planet and they are... Oh, they're they're searching, and so they end up kind of befriending the people on this planet, and they te- uh, Phasma teaches them how to fight because they're a peaceful race, and she like teaches them how to use machines because they gave up all their technology when they fled to this planet. So she's like essentially the devil in a sense like they chose a life of peace without technology and she introduces the technology to them so that they can fight these creatures because the creatures are in the way of her killing revis so uh, she's called out for this obviously by the pilot she's like well aren't we gonna fight with them she's like no they're cannon fodder like they're they're literally just the distraction so that we can get this traitor and she's like oh okay and so then there and i'll and this is what i was going to say in terms of the art this whole thing is is done by uh marco coquetto and he um oh no way and it's written by kelly i forgot it's written by kelly thompson she's the one who does captain marvel so this is just that's even better but marco coquetto does the art and you guys know i'm a huge fan of him there are amazing beautiful splash pages in all of the issues all four of them it's just amazing but so by the end of it they find revis and um He's like, well, he's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, oh, thank goodness you found me. I was fleeing for my life. And she's like, don't patronize me. Like, I know what you did. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, confess. And he's like, but you're the one who did it. She's like, just confess. And all this time, the pilot is listening outside. She's like, oh, no, like she's now in on it. She's like, no, 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 I shouldn't have heard that. And so she kills him. Um, Phasma kills Revis. And she's like, the traitor has been terminated. And then she's like, all right, let's get out of here. And leaves. Uh, well, she's le- leaving with the pilot. And she's like, they're about to leave. And she's like, did you hear any of that? Or like, what are you doing over here? And she's like, no, no, no. I was just like, I was trying to do something like helping the people. She's like, well, I'm going to kill you, basically. And she's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. She's like, I I tie up all my loose ends. If you haven't known this about me, I am a survivor. And then kills her. And so the end of this is her flying back to the ship. And uh, General Hux is there. He's like, well, did you, you know, what were you doing? Why were you gone? You were, you were silent for a while. She's like, well, I can submit my whole report to you. And he's like, that's great. Well, why don't you tell me it right now? And she's like, well, in short, uh, I found the traitor who lowered the shield and I chased him down, tried to bring him in, but it couldn't work. So I killed him. And Hux is like, great job. That's awesome. Let's get back to work. And it's like, oh man, she is so sinister. She is so sinister. And like I said, this series makes her just so badass. So uh, that's Captain Phasma in a nutshell. I think that is the perfect... Um, kind of explanation. If that had been its own movie, that would have been awesome. That could have been a great side story in Last Jedi. That would have been great. Uh, honestly, that would have been cooler than a lot of the things that were in The Last Jedi. You know, you had almost all of the movie of that very slow space chase scene. You could have had some cool Phasma stuff in there for sure. But you know, that's not the movie we got, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to live with that. So let's jump into Darth Vader 25. The reason I picked this issue is because this is the issue that reveals the secrets of Anakin Skywalker. So this is by Charles Soule and Giuseppe Camincoli. It is part uh, was that part seven of Fortress Vader. And so um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, what I will do 
is uh, I will read to you the back end of this. And obviously, those of you who have read it, great. But just kind of for those of you who are just listening to this and haven't read the prior issues, don't want to, whatever the case may be, you should read them. You should read all 25 of these issues. You should also read all 25 of Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader as well, the 2015 one, but definitely Charles Sewell. So it says, Darth Vader has constructed a castle on Mustafar to harness the planet's powerful dark side energies. With the aid of a Sith artifact, the Mask of Lord Mammon, Vader has succeeded in opening a mysterious gateway using the Force. After possessing several hosts, Mammon's spirit betrayed Vader by using the gateway to resurrect its original body. But ultimately, Mammon was destroyed following a fierce duel, and that duel was awesome. Uh, broken but not beaten, Vader prepares to pass through the portal in the belief that he can resurrect the spirit of his dead wife, Padme Amidala. Now, Darth Vader will face his destiny. And so as I was reading this, uh, it is a very quick and easy read uh, in terms of there's not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of stuff. So what I'm going to do as a treat for you guys is I will kind of blow by blow read these because a lot of the dialogue in here is from all of the movies. And some of the some of the stuff in here is also from the Clone Wars. Like this is a this is an issue that wraps up so many different sort of plot threads and doesn't really. I don't, I don't know if you'd want to say wraps them up, but it answers a lot of questions and it poses some really interesting questions as well. So I will read this for you guys and uh, hopefully you enjoy it this way. And then we can I'll have a brief little discussion, I guess, in reaction to it uh, once I finish. I will say as well, feel free to follow along uh, on your Marvel Unlimited app. And this is something that I'm kind of trying to test out. I fantasized when I uh, when I started doing this podcast or one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was I love reading and I love writing and I was like oh maybe I'll just do a podcast where I read the stories that I write and uh, hasn't happened yet and I've, I did it on that 50th anniversary one but recently I um, and this is I guess a, a topic I should probably be doing in the movies uh, podcast portion but um, I've been following the dead meat podcast which is uh, they do scary movies, and uh, some of them are just movies that I've loved that no one's ever been able to talk about with me before, like House and Creature from the Black Lagoon, and they do an amazing job of going through and dissecting and discussing these movies, which has given me a lot of inspiration for some future content that I think I'm going to do um, in the movie section, but at the same time, there was a week where one of the hosts wasn't available, so the other host spent that um, episode, the full, and their episodes are an hour long, but I uh, spent that episode reading a scary story. And so they had like a crackling fire going and they said it was ASMR friendly, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole AM ASMR thing, but I think it's just when you talk really nice and smooth and, or something like, basically, I guess it's when you're, you're hearing things that are pleasing to your ears, which is fine. And I, I pray every day that that's me to you guys, but uh, this is going to be my attempt at kind of doing that because uh, I think this is the perfect issue for it because, again, there's not a lot of dialogue, so there's not a lot of, oh, he said this, he said this. So I'm going to I'm gonna test it out. We'll see how this works. But again, whether you've read it or not, feel free to follow along in Marvel Unlimited as I read it. I'm going to go page by page, and I'm going to try to break down what I see as I'm reading it. So again, this is this is completely off. I have not prepared this in advance. I decided to do this right now. So I apologize if this comes out really weird, but uh, I think it'll be kind of fun. So feel free to follow along and we will get started. So this takes place right after that Fortress Vader recap. I'm going to read the last bit one more time just so we get in on it. Broken but not beaten, Vader prepares to pass through the portal in the belief that he can resurrect the spirit of his dead wife, Padme Amidala. Now Darth Vader will face his destiny. Written by Charles Sewell. Breakdowns and pencils by Giuseppe Camancoli with inks by Cam Smith and finishes by Danielle Orlandini. Mustafar, Fortress Vader. Vader has um, kind of, his body has fallen, but his spirit is passing through this portal and it is a dark and sinister spirit. And as he walks in, sounds start whirring and things start happening. Lightning starts crackling in the skies. Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, I truly, deeply love you. Your hate has made you powerful, 
now. Fulfill your destiny. Then there's a, he's walking down this long, almost a red brick road. It's a very, the lightning is crackling around in the sky and he sees Padme in the distance, or he sees, he sees a pregnant woman in the distance. And uh, it says, there was no father. And then the next panel is Darth Sidious wrapping his hands around Shmi Skywalker's bulging stomach as uh, it says, unnatural. And then we see closer zoom in on her stomach, and uh, it's a swirling little vortex, the chosen one. Little Anakin Skywalker is then walking around, seen to be walking around in Tatooine as he says, ah, and trips and says, stupid sand, and then says, wait a second, that's not right, and his shadow on the wall is Darth Vader, and that Darth Vader jumps out from its shadow to grab him, and he wakes up from a nightmare. No! Don't be afraid, little Annie, his mom says. Only a dream. Only a dream. He is now a little shadow demon in this world, walking around. Now this is pod racing. As flashbacks come around of him flying his pod racer, working on R2-D2, how may I serve you? And talking with Padme, are you an angel? He then continues to walk and continues to grow, as visions pass by him of his past, of uh, Senator Palpatine meeting with him, we will watch your career with great interest. And then Yoda talking with him, focus, young Skywalker. And then Anakin and Padme looking on each other lovingly as they're about to go into the pit in Attack of the Clones, truly, deeply. And then them getting married, and it says, we are encouraged to love. And then... Anakin and Ahsoka Tano, Ahsoka Tano, Sky Guy, Snips. It was foretold that you would be here, which is when Darth Vader is now fighting Ahsoka Tano. I am no Jedi. You will die. He continues to walk down the dark path as a giant fortress makes its way in front of him. The truths that we cling to, he stares at this fortress longer depends on your point of view and suddenly he is surrounded by all of the jedi it looks as though we've got sassy team uh even peel i think uh no no even peel but yoda yaddle um uh what is that shock t plo koon mace windu and um some a, a couple of others as well they've all got their lightsabers drawn and he whips out two dark swords and starts fighting them and it is a melee it is a battle royale as he just destroys all of these jedis one way or another stabbing them through the heart cutting their heads off uh jumping around cutting arms off he stabs yoda in the chest kill it oh no and it says as this is happening it says let the past die kill it if you have to if you guys remember that's from the last jedi after all of the Jedi are dead, he walks up and into the fortress as two figures stare at him, Emperor Palpatine and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I am your father. They begin to fight each other as Palpatine shoots lightning at Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Obi-Wan draws his lightsaber and tries to block it. And as they're fighting, Darth Vader is slowly walking up closer and closer towards them. It appears that uh, Senator Palpatine, or at this point, I guess you could say Darth Sidious, defeats Obi-Wan Kenobi and is staring at Darth Vader, holding his hand up as he's about to maybe kill Darth Vader. But Darth Vader blazes out Force Lightning at, at uh, Palpatine and just destroys him. And then walks out the door to the balcony where Padme is standing, facing, facing away from him. And he says, Padme. And then his shadowy figure turns into Anakin Skywalker. I'm here. Take my hand. Come with me. I can save you. I can save us both. Padme says, are you an angel? She turns. They're the most beautiful creatures in the universe. Anakin says, please, we have to go. And she replies, why? I don't know you. Anakin Skywalker is dead, and her eyes go red, and she jumps off the balcony, and Anakin screams, no, not again. And she falls to her death. He says, I won't let you go. 
and her face just gets so mangled and creepy and she starts choking herself and all of a sudden a giant crack of red force lightning shoots through the sky and blows her to dust and he says no 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 and the world crackles around him and buckles and then he walks back out of the building as light sprays on him and it looks as though a figure in the distance shows up and draws a blue lightsaber and that's really all we see and then all of a sudden boom he is back in his body outside of the portal and he gets up and struggles as his his severed hand with his lightsaber is further off that's from the battle in the prior issue and he force pulls his hand towards him and grabs his own lightsaber and shoots the lightsaber, turns it on, and stabs it into the ground as red force lightning just crackles around this fortress. And then back on Coruscant, uh, in the Emperor, in the Imperial Palace, the Emperor says, Lord Vader, at last. I was on the verge of seeking a new apprentice. No, my master, I remain. From the look of you, you search for knowledge on Mustafar was challenging. That is good. Perhaps it means you learned something of value. Believe me when I tell you this galaxy is built on lies. Finding even one true thing, nothing is more difficult. Will you return? I have much for you to do. Our empire needs you, he says. Soon, he replies. Good. Now tell me, Lord Vader, this truth you learned on Mustafar. Was it what you sought? Was it what you needed? Darth Vader stares at him and closes the communication piece and says yes. And then the lightning crackles behind his fortress. The end. Wow. So like I said, it's a it's a powerful issue and if you've read the other 25 issues and especially at this point i read them live as they were coming on marvel unlimited so i read them monthly but if you had the pleasure of reading all 25 issues at once i can't imagine your feelings reading this issue i can't even imagine your feelings if you hadn't read any of the issues prior to this again hopefully hopefully that wasn't too weird but um it just really goes into the fact that i i i'm of the opinion that darth sidious created darth vader or created anakin skywalker from shmi manipulated them into midichlorians in there and they kind of really lend credence to that and they're also confirming because these you got to remember these star wars books they're canon so they're just as important as the movies and the tv shows apparently because we've got all that stuff with ahsoka which is great i'm currently in the re not rewatch i'm actually watching the clone wars i'm uh, i just finished uh, season three so um, I love Ahsoka, and so to see her in this as well was great, and to see Darth Vader get exactly what he deserves, which was going to the dark side is not the right way to save your wife and to be happy. Like, I get that he had all those problems with him, but at, I don't know. I mean, based on the Clone Wars stuff too, it's like there's a dark side, there's a light side, but in reality, it's all just the Force, and it's how you use the Force and what kind of person you are. So as a Jedi, forcing people to abandon all of their emotions is not good, and as a Sith, uh, succumbing to every single one of your emotions is not good. So you've got to find that middle ground. And in that sense, I believe Kylo Ren. I agree with those words of let the past die, kill it if you have to, because uh, there's certain things like that that just need to be let go of. And uh, Darth Vader just didn't grasp that. And it's really, really sad. It's honestly, at the same time, really beautiful, because even in the Clone Wars, there's a there's a section where he goes to meet his, uh, they go to this planet and uh he finds out, you know, his greater purpose in, in the universe of why he's the chosen one. And in that, the dark side shows him his future, that he becomes Darth Vader and all of that. And the, this person, the father, whose kids are the light side and the dark side, um, he erases Anakin's memory. But even then, it shows that he's going to become Darth Vader. And it's just so sad because he was supposed to bring balance to the Force and he doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. I think in this case, you could almost argue that maybe Rey does because she destroys every All the old is gone. I mean, Kylo's gone. Emperor's now fully gone. Darth Vader's gone. They're all gone. So I guess you could say Rey is the one who actually balanced the Force. But it's just such a beautiful and tragic story to have such a burden put on you at such a young age that you are the chosen one only to be manipulated by those around you, by the Emperor, into becoming an evil weapon 
and causing the downfall of the Galactic Empire. In a sense. I mean, I guess the Galactic Empire, the bad guys, but, you know, the Republic, the, the this, this whole peace, this peacetime sort of thing. So that is why I thought that Darth Vader 25 was so important to include in this because it's just a, it's a cool story and it gives me chills every time I read it because it's just so powerful to see him going through these transformations into becoming who he is today or who I guess he was in the, in the, uh, the original trilogy. So with that said, that's going to wrap up our episode. Well, wait a minute though. What about next month's episode? Well, I've got your fix right here. So next month is February. That is, um, Ooh, man, that's actually, that's tough. I was going to say, uh, actually, no, I'm going to stick with what I wanted to do, which was uh, February is a month of love, uh, Valentine's Day, all of that. So what better in the spirit of love than to read a comic that is all about fighting people that you love? And uh, so in that respect, we're going to, this is going to be a kind of a giant sized comic. Uh, comic month thing it'll be a great discussion by the way too but it is going to be avengers versus x-men that is the i believe 2012 i may be crazy about that but uh it is on marvel unlimited if you just type in avengers versus x-men it uh, it is a 12 issue series i will also be reading the issue number zero so it is technically 13 issues um, but it is really, from what I remember, it was really fun. I know it had some hits in it, some misses, and uh, we'll talk about all of that. But it is this is the seminal story of the Avengers fighting the X-Men. And there's some great battles in here and an overall great story in regards to the Phoenix. Uh, a lot of people, I think, died in this and uh, or got resurrected. So this is going to be a cool one. And I'm really looking forward to it. I've had it sitting in my downloads on my iPad for a long time. And I was like, yeah, we got to talk about this because the X-Men are back in the MCU as well. So this is definitely something that could happen in the future. So I want to get that on the docket as well so that we can have it marked and that you guys are prepped and ready for something like this to happen in the movies. So that will be our discussion and comic book series for February. And again, that will come out uh, probably at the end of the month, and I will do it. I'll try and do it at the exact same time that all the comics come out because I thought this was I, I like this. It's a hour long conversation, and we get to talk about all the new comics and our comic book club. So, with that said, I am Alex Klein, and again, you can find me on Twitter at a robot's wink. I'm also on Instagram as well. I don't do Facebook. Um, and uh, for comics and cinema, thanks so much for listening, and enjoy reading these issues. Thank you.